Australia. How are you going? Hey, going? You good? I hope so. This is NBA Australia. It's Thursday, July 14th. All day! And I'll tell you what, this will be our last show for a little bit, I reckon. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, so whomstead wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in a bitterly cold Larry Armour Studios because I forgot to turn on the heater. I'm an idiot! Anyway, uh, yeah, this will be our last show for a bit, I reckon. Uh, just going to do a quick catch-up on the latest news. Donnie Mitchell and the Knicks. It's all going down. Uh, a bit of Summer League. But really, this is just a uh, quick, brief wrap to look at the uh, five big things left this offseason. And uh, maybe, you know, quick sneak peek at some of the odds. What do you reckon for next season? That's pretty fun. Uh, and we'll do some yeah, nahs and uh, an unpopular opinion of the day and... A Outback Takehouse, and that'll be it, I reckon. And we'll get out of your hair, because uh, your mate Jimmy's going to go on a uh, brief little holiday <laughs> and some other fun stuff. So, all right, let's get into this one. It's episode 845 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better. Better watch out for the Jack White attack if you're summer league. I'll tell you that much. You better watch out for the uh, bangers attack and the deli attack. Let's get him back! Deli and beans! Good times, great memories. Uh, but also watch out for the attack of the uh, still pretty sick squid. Oh, tell you what, been a bit of a rough one. Your old mate Jimmy's not getting a giant amount of sleep, dealing with the uh, coughing fits of a three-year-old. Jesus! And in between, you know, he's got no. He's all right during the days now, which is kind of nice. Uh, to the point where I'll tell you what, I am what. Two weeks worth of basically, he's been at daycare today. But So this has really been two weeks. The last week, it's been a lot of a three-year-old yelling at me about stuff. And I'm like, ah, isn't this fucking glorious? <laughs> Dad, not this. I'm like, oh, gee, settle down, pal. Anyway, <laughs> how good is it being yelled at by kids? Little jerks. Anyway, let's get stuck in. The way we start every show here at NBA Straight with the Daily... Whip around. Right, let's start there with the Aussies. Aaron Bangers Baines. So this popped off after we did last week's show, uh, or the final of last week's shows. Bangers. He's uh, working out for teams in Vegas after his uh, spinal cord injury. We talked about this. And uh, there's no further sort of updates, but I'll tell you what, it's bloody exciting, isn't it? Just the prospect of Bangers A being healthy also opens up a bit of a return to the NBL if the NBA doesn't work out, perhaps. At least back to the boomers. Uh, But B, I mean, the prospect of bangers being back in the NBA just heartens me to just no degree that you can't... Like, you can't put a, like, mathematical equation in this. There's no value to it because it's infinitesimal. There you go. That was a good good turn of phrase there, Jim. (laughs) It's all falling apart. But bangers, I'm excited. I've had too much coffee again today. This is what happens when you get like six hours sleep. It's broken up into three chunks because of a uh, coughing squid. But bangers being back, 
Very exciting. Um, but this is also a bit of a case of, you know, hanging out, working out of Vegas, teams having a look, teams going, oh, yeah, cool, maybe. We'll keep him on the back burner. We'll keep him in our thoughts if we need a big man. So he needs a big man, the Clippers, Suns. But as we said uh, last week, the Celtics, unless they re-sign bangers, they will be forever cursed to not win a title. Brooklyn could very much use a bangers. Shit, yeah. Get the big bangers in there. Exciting times. Patty, Simo, bangers, win the title. But the most exciting news, because we sort of covered that last week, was then Delhi. That's right, King Delhi, smasher of tins, first of his name, stopper of curries, decker of beals, uh, was out there working with the Sacramento Kings. Now, this got me excited for two reasons. Namely, one, Delhi back in the NBA, feasibly. Number two, we spoke in new existence. He would literally be King Delhi. Woo! King Delhi of Maryborough and Sacramento, you little bloody ripper. I mean, that's amazing. I could not believe how great this was. It all just came out, came out perfect. I'm just oh, beside myself. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be fun on the bun. Let's do it, Delhi. Hopefully he gets in there. But obviously he uh, played for Mike Brown uh, in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland! I remember that. And... Uh, He's now the coach of Sacramento. So let's get Delhi back in the NBA. Happy days. Other news. Some big ones. Let's do it. Donnie Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. So after Rudy Gobert's staff was shipped off to Minnesota. Minnesota, The Jazz. Like, oh, nah, man. We're going to rebuild and reload around Donnie. And that always seemed a little bit, oh, yeah, cool. They're going to make him their Paul Pierce. Is that right? And then you sort of thought about it a little bit more. Donnie Mitchell's 25, about to hit his prime. He's a little bit small, you know what I'm just saying? You know, how far is he really taking you as your best player? And uh, it seems like Danny Ainge has hit the same thing. Because uh, we got the report yesterday, the Jazz, the Yaz, I believe, it's a soft J, are now showing a willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. The asking price appears to be steep. But in the wake of Utah's recent Rudy Gobert blockbuster, the Yaz are no, not, no longer simply dismissing calls on Mitchell. I love the idea of Danny Ainge sitting in, office, in an office and go, hey, what are they calling about? Uh, Donnie. Donnie, Danny. He's like, fuck it. I'm not trading Donnie. It's like, oh, okay, but they're going to offer this there, Danny. Actually, now I'll take that call. <laughs> Danny trading Donnie. Donnie not wanting to talk about trading Danny. Danny wanting to trade Donnie. Who we are. Yeah, here we are. In the Danny Donny stakes. I like it. I'm excited. And then we've got the Shams bomb today. Shams training of the Yaz and the Knicks. Have started discussions on the Donovan Mitchell trade. Uh, New York has Utah's focus currently. Uh, the Yaz are having conversations with multiple teams, but the Knicks have emerged as a focus destination over the past several days, with the sides having discussed a deal framework in the past 24 hours. Uh Obviously, a lot of this comes down to the Knicks possessing eight future first-round picks, four of their own and four acquired via trades. Uh, those four, some of them are better than others, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, my favorite part of the Shams article was that New York has also stockpiled young players, such as Quinton Grimes, <laughs> who is believed to be of interest to Utah. <laughs> yes. We're finally trading Donnie Mitchell to get Q Grimes. Get the fuck out of here, Shams. Uh, but if you read into this a little bit further, 
You might wonder, might wonder, you might wonder as well. You might wonder, hey, yeah, who runs the Knicks? Oh, is it Leon Rose? Yeah, cool. Worldwide Wes. Hey, who are all the Knicks basically signed to? Is it CAA, the agency? Oh, yeah, cool. Hey, what's Donnie Mitchell's agency? Is it CAA, Jimmy? Yep. So guess where uh, Donnie Mitchell wants to go? <laughs> to the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. So there's the news bit. We'll talk about this a little bit more to, more when we talk about the uh, five final things to wrap up this offseason. But Donnie Mitchell up for grabs now. Some pretty big news after Utah came out and said, nah, 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 man, he's our dude. And that sound you heard was a bunch of sad Utah fans going, God damn it. Anyway, other news, Kyrie. Hey, man, hey, man, hey. I never even asked for a trade from the Nets, just saying. I have every intention to play for the Nets this season, bruh, with or without KD. Uh, so this is an interesting piece in the uh, post. How do we get to this situation about trade when uh, Kyrie opting opted in? Here's the situation. He opted in, which means he had and has every intention of playing with the Brooklyn Nets. KD decides he wants out. Now everybody's talking about trading Kyrie. Kyrie hasn't asked for a trade. Now if the Nets don't want him, that's something totally different. So Kyrie's now saying, no, 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 man, I want to be a part of the Nets. Bullshit. This is a uh, rehab of uh, Kyrie's image uh, where he's very clearly trying to get his way to the Lakers, but the Nets are kind of like, yo, have you seen the state of that Lakers roster? It's a fucking shit show circus. No chance are we trading for Rusty Westbrook unless we get a shit ton of picks back and they can only give us two. Kyrie's like, oh, in that case, I really would like to be a net. I've got to be on my best behavior because apparently everyone in the NBA hates me for some reason. Hmm. Why could that be, Kyrie, you fuck knuckle? I don't know, bro. I don't know. I'm a perfectly chill kind of guy. I just want to hoop, eh? <laughs> what a fuckhead. Anyway, but the Kyrie news of like, oh, no, nah, man. And he's, you know, posting cool photos of uh, Nets fans in his jersey on his IG story and everything. It's like, cool, Kyrie. That's awesome. How about you actually, you know, get out there and fucking play? Just saying. Anyway, so if he's got all intentions to play for the Nets, best of luck to him. Colin Sexton. A little bit of news popped off about Colin. Speaking of Utah, uh, the Yaz and the Cavs have uh, apparently talked about sign and trade scenarios for Colin Sexton and Mike Conley. Kind of like that. Because, I don't know, Mike Conley's cooked, though. So in terms of, like, keeping an asset... Uh, for the Cavs, you go, well, we get like a veteran point guard to back up Darius Garland. He can play next to him in a pinch. Mike Conley's a good dude. We love having him. Colin Sexton's also pretty bloody good. And if you're trying to compete, you've already got a couple of good big guys. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, and Colin Sexton last year. I mean, it was such a shame that Sexton went out, but it also gave Garland, you know, the reins to that team, and off he went. But uh, that'd be a great move for the Yaz, wouldn't it? Giving up Conley uh, as they're rebuilding and getting a uh, sign-and-traded Colin Sexton in return. Shit, yeah, you do that in a heartbeat. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with that one. KCP and the notorious KCP. You might remember he landed on the Denver Nuggets in that weird Wizards trade uh, for Monte Morris and Will the Thrill Barton. Uh, KCP gets over there and signed a two-year $30 million extension with the Nuggets. KCP getting paid. KCP. Uh, <clears throat> good on him. Uh, James Harden. Now, this was the other sort of one that we were talking about last week. 
there were whispers about his uh, contract stuff, but we still don't really have finalized versions of this. Shams sort of basically threw this out there that it's a two-year, $64 million deal that Harden's been working on with a player option in year two. So it seems like Harden is giving up about 15 mil next year, next season, from 47 mil. That was his player option for next year to go to 32, uh, which begs the question, is James Harden sacrificing 15 million bucks just to give his team a shot? Or is he doing it to give his team a shot this year and then has a wink-wink deal to get a full-blown extendo max <laughs> from the Sixers or somebody else next year? It's a fascinating, fascinating situation, though, isn't it? Harden taking a shit ton less money. It's like, oh, but he's already made a lot of money, Jimmy. Yeah, guess what? You know how rich people stay rich? They don't go, oh, well, that's fine. I've got enough money. <laughs> like, it's Dirk, Tom Brady... And not Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so, I don't know. Look, if this is a bit of altruism on James Harden's behalf, I love it. I'm excited for him. It might also just be like a bit of a, uh, for me, it feels like this is the prove, prove it to me that this team is worth me sticking around and I'll take a pay cut this year and you hook a brother up next season with a real fucking max and we go from there. And Daryl Morey is like, yep, sounds good. Otherwise, $15 million is a lot to leave on the table. Other news, Taj Gibson's off to the Wizards. Frank the Tank Kaminsky's off to Atlanta. Dame Lillard signed an extra two-year $122 million extension with Portland, which is hilarious. That doesn't even start till 25-26. and goes to 26-27, uh, obviously. It's a lot of money now for... Dame, but this is uh, Portland going, no, 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 we fucking love Dame. He's staying. It's like, cool, Dame. Enjoy never winning anything. Uh, Paddy Connaughton signed a uh, three-year, $30 million extension to stay with the Bucks, which is hilarious. And uh, I don't know, DeAndre Ayton. At the start of the week, we had uh, that fact sack of shit. Windy, <laughs> meme, meme, man. Uh, the Pacers, basically, it felt like they were about to... Uh, reach out and grab a bit of DeAndre Ayton action because now they uh, completed the Malcolm Brogdon trade to Boston and now they've got the cap space to go and sign DeAndre Ayton to an offer sheet. It would then be up to Phoenix to match it if they want and we're still waiting. So maybe we're waiting on the fact that Ayton might be a part of a Brooklyn trade maybe for KD. Who knows? But here we are. Ayton is kind of just up there in the air. So... It's a bit weird. It's a bit strange. Now, the last little bit of news before we get to a bit of the uh, Summer League gear is just wanted to say it's a pretty good one because it's a 20-year anniversary apparently today for this absolute fucking classic. That's right, it's 26th anniversary, is that right? Yeah, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> is that right? Do my maths. Yes, 26. I am a math magician. 26 years. Went to number one on MTV. The music video was released. What a tune. And, of course, it's one of uh, NBA Australia's favourite drops of all time, the 311 drop. Woo! Right. <laughs> I'm basically in holiday mode now. This is great. Uh, Summer League, very quickly. 
Uh, we had Gideon Chet. They've shut down Josh Giddy. He's dunking on dudes, cutting dudes up. Dyson Daniels uh, twisted his ankle. They sat Giddy for the rest of this. Jabari Smith is doing some nice stuff. Paolo looks pretty bloody good. Uh, more interesting to me beyond a couple of rookies getting out there was James Wiseman getting out there for the Warriors, showing a couple of nice glimpses as well. And it just has that nice little reminder that there's a reason why Wiseman went number two in the draft of the Warriors a couple of years ago. He's talented. He's just barely played any fucking organized basketball. So get some more uh, more games under his belt and we'll see how we go. A couple of the other Aussies, Jack White absolutely carving it up. He and Luke Travers went you know, head-to-head the other day as well. Uh, Jack White today only played 17 minutes. He had 14 points, a couple of, uh, was it, six rebounds, a couple of steals. Went two or two on threes. Uh, there was a great moment the other day as well. Uh, I think I believe it was yesterday where you had a couple of the Aussies uh, on the Suns. Like DJ knocked in a couple of threes. Yeah, JLA out there. Travers, Luke Travers on the Travelers has been doing pretty bloody well, just filling it up. I uh, love a bit of the uh, flying doormat, obviously. Uh, he got the start yesterday against Charlotte. He had four points, four rebounds, and a steal and an assist. But it's uh, just been pretty bloody good. I've enjoyed it. DJ, you know, knocking in threes, good on him. But it does kind of feel like Jack White is uh, really making a bit of a, uh, you know, putting a bit of a stamp out there for the uh, Nuggets. And I'd be excited as shit to see him out there. So pretty cool. All right, let's take a really quick break. I'll be back with the uh, five big things left for this offseason, what I reckon happens right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. We'll uh, just sort of wrap up a bit of this offseason, sort of figure out what have we got left to do, what is going to go on. And this is why I think, um, you know, I'm pretty happy to go on a bit of holidays, literally going to Queensland next week uh, for six days, which would be bloody nice. Hang out. Go for a swim. <laughs> the squid's excited to go out and go and see the Great Barrier Reef. And uh, because there's essentially so little left to cover off that this is one of the very few off-seasons where we, in the last few years especially because if you think about it, we had the bubble, we had the World Cup, we had uh, the Olympics, and it was all sort of just crammed into off-seasons and, you know, the old NBA Australia's have been going the entire time. Uh, so we're not even going to drop back to weekly shows, I think. We'll just sort of pop up every so often uh, in the off-season with a with the odd interview, with the odd guest. Um, and if obviously anything big goes off, like one of these five things basically being answered, then we might jump back on and uh, have a bit of a chat about it. So with all that in mind, shit, we might even end up doing a show on Monday if the Donnie Mitchell trade goes ahead because uh, we jet off to Queensland on Tuesday. So there's a bit of a heads up. But the five big things left and what I reckon happens. What do we got? We've got KD, we've got Kyrie, we've got DeAndre Ayton, we've got Donnie Mitchell, and we've got the sex man, Colin Sexton. So let's start with the sex man, the forgotten man of all this entire offseason. Uh, the dude tears his ACL. It sucks. But... I love Young Bull. Colin Sexton is just kind of, he's fun. He's an interesting, weird player. Took, I thought, like a pretty good step in year three where he was like wildly efficient, shot 
the shit out of it from three. And look, he's not going to be your uh, prototypical sort of point guard, but he's the very, very, very sort of prototypical modern NBA combo guard. When, I mean, shit, we're talking about Donnie Mitchell. Colin Sexton's just like, you know, a not as good Donnie Mitchell. And uh, here we are. So, I mean, dude averaged 24 fucking points last year. So, and did it in a pretty bloody good clip, shooting 47% from the floor, 37% from three. Like, it's not bad. And he's kind of just been left by the wayside uh, because of the ACL test. So, look, the options are really, I guess, unless Indy want to throw some money at the sex man, or he gets traded in the sign and trade to somewhere like Utah in exchange for like a veteran point guard to help out Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. He could always go back to the Cavs on the qualifying offer and hit his free agency the year after, which wouldn't be a giant surprise considering he was injured and didn't get like the extension, etc. So this way he can just be an unrestricted free agent next year if he wants and away he goes. So I don't know, but the Utah thing is pretty interesting because it's Utah sort of rolling the dice on a dude who's not even 24 yet, I think. So yeah, it doesn't turn 24 until January. So look, I kind of feel like there's at least a fair amount of uh, talent right there. And if you roll the dice of your Utah, why not? It's probably not going to cost you a shit ton either. Yeah. Either way, love me some Colin Sexton. The same time, Utah might then just find themselves in the exact same position they were in Donnie Mitchell. It's just that Sexton's like two years younger, about the same size, play a very similar sort of game. And here we are. Speaking of Donnie Mitchell, let's go there. Number two on the five things to fix up this off-season that are left, and what do I reckon happens? Oh, what do I actually reckon happens with Sexton? If I had to hazard a guess, the sign-in trade to Utah makes a little bit too much sense. So I can imagine that happening, if not that, as the Cavs qualifying offer. Donnie, uh, Donnie Mitchell, obviously with Utah saying, yep, we're open for business on the Donnie Mitchell front. What do I reckon happens? Well, he gets traded. Uh, and this is going to get brought up every time you fucking hear these guys talked about, but You've got to imagine that a Brunson and Donnie Mitchell backcourt is just a fucking disaster waiting to happen, doesn't it, on the Knicks? <laughs> Let's pair two six-foot-one guards, neither of whom are very good defensively, together. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Uh, because it did feel like there was a bit of a Miami movement and folks are like, oh, yeah, Donnie Mitchell, yeah, look, the Miami thing is real. In the back of my head, don't you sort of think that that's fucking hilarious? Because you know who runs Utah, right? It's Danny H. Who runs Miami? Pat Riley. That's right. And guess what? They fucking hate each other. Like, I can't imagine them coming together and go, yeah, cool. We'll definitely take Tyler Hero and a couple of draft picks in exchange with Donnie Mitchell when we can just rake the Knicks over the coals and get a fucking haul for the Knicks draft picks, which is, like, in terms of things that are pretty valuable, I think, in the NBA, owning the New York Knicks draft picks is kind of fun because you never know what they're going to do. They could be great. They could be horrible. And to when I say great, they haven't been great for a long time. But, damn, there's a lot of outcomes, you know what I'm saying? But in terms of other places they could look at, I mean, one thing that sort of sticks out to me is, like, somewhere like Charlotte, if you put him next to Lamello, who's a pretty big guard, or, with that in mind, put him next to Lonzo there in Chicago, 
feels pretty good. But you've already got Levine having just signed a big deal. So Chicago gets sort of knocked around all these trade destinations because uh, of your inability to send off Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine in any sort of deal where I feel like if Zach Levine was kind of up uh, up for grabs here and on that contract, maybe in December, you go, shit, a Levine and uh, Mitchell deal would be pretty good. But obviously they seem pretty locked into the Knicks and depending on the size of the package and what they give up, the amount of picks, etc., it's kind of funny to uh, just imagine the Brunson. Jalen Brunson's like, cool, I get to be the face of a franchise finally, you little ripper. I've been playing in uh, Luca's shadow. Jeez, I finally got my own. Ah, oh, fuck, they've traded for Donnie Mitchell. <laughs> Donnie Mitchell as well is like the only NBA star that I feel like I'm at least as tall as, if not taller than. You know, I'm not like wildly stretchy, but I feel like I'm actually taller than Donnie Mitchell. Having stood next to him like, you know, post-game scrums and shit, he's not a big dude. You know, he's built like a fucking brick shithouse, but he's not wildly tall. Uh, the other sort of, like, Charlotte feels like an interesting one. Chicago, obviously, Toronto, Indy, Sacramento, Davion Mitchell as well as uh, Donnie Mitchell would be pretty funny. But with them so clearly locked on to the amount of picks that they can get from the Knicks... The only tricky part for me from the Knicks is like in terms of the money involved, in terms of the talent you're getting back, it does feel like a Utah just absolutely burn it down to the studs kind of vibe. And if you're going to get like as many pictures as you possibly can, then New York is probably your answer. Whereas Indy, they've just got Halliburton and their young dudes. Sacramento, I mean, what are you going to do? Go, oh, well, we'll trade Donovan Mitchell for De'Aaron Fox. Let's do that. It's like, eh, really? <laughs> How much does that change your fortunes? You flipped Aaron Fox on them from somewhere. But with the Knicks sort of being the front runner already, it feels like they're just going to pay overs, go get Donnie Mitchell, and then roll out a lineup that, a backcourt lineup that is, you know, I'm taller than. Because with the Knicks as well, you've got RJ Barrett. And if you were the Utah Jazz, you'd be like, well, let's get fucking RJ Barrett in this as well as some picks. Because we want good players and we want picks. And doesn't it feel like the Knicks, with a Donnie Mitchell trade, if they keep RJ Barrett, if they keep um, Julius Randle and co, then how much does it really move the needle is my question in that East. Because, I mean, with Brunson, Fournier, Barrett, Randle, the other Mitch Robinson... You throw Donnie Mitchell on there, it does give them a pretty awesome go-to score in place of Fournier. It does also give them a very small backcourt. And RJ Barrett playing small forward for that team gives you another sort of release valve ball handler, but is it the best use of his abilities? I feel like RJ Barrett is a better ball handler than you sort of think about, and off we go. Maybe you send off Julius Randle and just go, fuck it, we're starting OB Toppin. Ain't no stopping, OB Toppin. And away you go. But whatever the sort of outcome of this deal is, it's going to be funny because the Knicks are always perennially funny. And I'm excited to see what happens. So I think the Donnie Mitchell trade will happen. And it might even happen over this weekend. But look, Danny Ainge probably not in any hurry. You'll see how the market shapes itself. And uh, I reckon he ends up in New York just because the CAA connection is too much. And away we go. DeAndre Ayton's number three. Indy Wakeen. We still don't know what's going on there. 
Um, the weirdest part when the DeAndre Ayton conversation comes up for me is how far he has fallen in everybody's estimations uh, where he was a centerpiece on a final team literally 12 months ago. And now you're like, ah, we don't even want to sign him. We don't want to sign him to an offer sheet just to even fuck around with the Suns. I guess like the weirdest outcome would be him going back to the Suns. But if I'm the Nets, 100% of the time I'm going, I'm building around Ben Simmons, Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and I'm taking four Phoenix firsts. Let's go. Let's go. And away we go from there. But if Indy sign him, I mean... What does that mean for Miles Turner? Do they move him on? Where does he end up? And there was the uh, great Bobby Marks uh, <laughs> hypothetical four-team trade that he had on NBA Today yesterday, which is just a great reminder that there's a reason Bobby Marks doesn't work in an NBA front office anymore, where he's like, oh, well, Brooklyn, they trade Kevin Durant to Phoenix. And you're like, well, that's a good start. What do they get in return, Bobby? Well, they also said Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas to Utah. Okay, Bobby. So what do they get in return? Well, they get Donovan Mitchell, Michael Bridges, and Miles Turner because DeAndre Ayton is going to go to Indy in my trade. And you're like, all right. So you're telling me that Brooklyn trade Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons and get three not-as-good players (laughs) in return. Donovan Mitchell, Michael Bridges, and Miles Turner. Yeah, now nah, I'm good. He had five first-round picks, four from Phoenix, and three swaps all going to Utah in this trade as well. So Utah make out like bandits. And Brooklyn is sitting there going, so we've got Donovan Mitchell, Michael Bridges, and Miles Turner, and no picks. Yeah, click. I'm hanging up. But either way, we're in, wherever DeAndre Ayton ends up, I think it's a weird sort of conversation about like what the value of big men is in the NBA, right? So you think about what is going to happen then with Phoenix and in terms of what their rotation suddenly looks like with Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, Bridges, Crowder, and all right, cool. We're just starting Bismack Biombo. Are we starting Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em, Landale? Here's fucking hoping. <laughs> but at the same time, Aiton... For Miles Turner, maybe the Suns are holding out for a sign and trade like that. I don't know, but it's all pretty interesting. And it does really sort of bring up the idea of the value of a uh, of a center that's not named Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, you know? Pretty strange, because you would have had Aiton on the sort of next second or third tier center dudes, probably top 30, top 40 NBA player, and then suddenly no one wants him. It's fucking weird. He's not Roy Hibbert. <laughs> Settle down. All right, the last two big questions are obviously the Nets. Uh, let's start with Kyrie. Now he reckons he wants to stay in it regardless of what happens to KD. Cool. I think we can trust Kyrie about as far as we could fucking throw him. And my favorite aspect of this was if you're Kevin Durant and you hear that, oh, nah, man, I always wanted to stay in it. Like, that's why I re-signed, eh? Hey? 100% of the time of me hearing that if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm so fucking angry. Because wasn't seemingly KD's thinking about requesting a trade from Brooklyn where he's got Ben Simmons, he's got Kyrie Irving, a supporting cast that the Nets are building up. He's like, oh, well, they disrespected my man Kyrie. They didn't want to extend him for four years like I did. So fuck him. I want to get traded. 
And then you hear Kyrie go, oh, no, I want to play for the Nets, man. I love the Nets. Kevin Durant's going to be sitting there just fucking head in hands going, God damn it. I fucking dragged my name through the mud for this asshole. I requested a trade because you felt disrespected and now you're fucking cool. Guess what, Kevin? He's a mental case. What do you expect, you dickhead? Anyway, um, so what happens with Kyrie? To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers finally budge and trade their 27 and 29 picks uh, and Rusty for Kyrie and Joe Harris. And I wouldn't be giantly surprised if the Nets then had the framework of another another deal to send Rusty elsewhere, like Charlotte, Gordy Hayward and Terry Rose, perhaps, or something like that. Um, because what do I reckon actually happens? I think the trade does happen. I think the Lakers eventually sort of go, fuck it, yep, here's two of our picks. We don't care. We can talk ourselves into we'll have Kyrie and Anthony Davis for the rest of this decade anyway. So who gives a shit? It's like, all right, cool, bro. Um, but really, what I would do in this position is just hold on to him and you might be able to like get more of a king's ransom. Like As the season rolls around, as teams get desperate, injuries happen, other teams are freaking out. Maybe Kyrie actually just goes, you know what? I fucking like it here. Everyone pays attention to me if I'm in Brooklyn. No one gives a fuck about me if I become LeBron's sidekick again. Uh, so I think Kyrie, look, I think the Lakers trade eventually does happen. It'd be funny if it did. I would hold on to him and just go, fuck it, and roll the dice. Um, with Aiden, I never really said what I think actually happens because <laughs> who fucking knows, but I, I still think the Nets deal happens. So that's where I land because this is the Kevin Durant, the five big things, the last one and the biggest one probably, Kevin Durant. What happens this offseason with him? Where does he go? Does he get traded? Does Sean Marks finally pull the trigger? So I had a quick look at this and sort of, you know, quickly, briefly thought about landing spots for KD in terms of like assets that the teams could give up and the market that he'd be going to where you feel like he'd be comfortable staying and not getting a Lancey and telling the team that he's going to roll into and go, nah, I don't want to stick around here. And there's obviously Phoenix. The It feels like the Bridges, Aiton, and as many picks as Sean Marks can count, that deal is kind of sitting there. Miami? if only for the market, but they are hamstrung by the talent they're giving back to Brooklyn and the amount of picks, which can't quite touch uh, what the Suns can give up. New Orleans, which I probably like the most because you can get Spindles Ingram back. If you can pry Dyson Daniels away as well and a couple of extra picks, I'd be happy as hell with that because Spindles Ingram is basically just like, you know, mini me Kevin Durant. Put him next to Ben Simmons, away we fucking go. Like, that'd be fun as shit. And Dyson Daniels, holy crap. Him and Simo with Patty, let's fucking go. Sign bangers, off we go. Atlanta, they've already already gone in for uh, DeJunte Murray next to Trey Young. Why not go all the way in, trade everything else, <laughs> and get Kevin Durant? Four years of him next to Trey Young, take the pressure off Trey. DeJunte's taking the defensive pressure off him. It kind of feels fun, doesn't it? It'll be great. Washington, he can go to uh, Washington to play next to his buddy, Brad Beal, who's locked in with his no-trade clause. Maybe they get to keep the zinger as well. Extreme zinger meal. Because um, it does feel like they've got a shit ton of young wings, none of which seem wildly good. you got Corey Kispin, you got Rui Hachimura, and Danny Abdijar and Co. And then, cool, we'll take all your picks for the rest of the decade as well. 
again, similar to New York, I feel like a pretty good you know bit of currency in the NBA is having Washington Wizards draft picks just in your back pocket. <laughs> uh, Toronto, if you get Scotty Barnes in that deal, thumbs up. If not, no deal. Uh, sure, Marks. And it's all right, but you get Siakam. It's like, yeah, look, Siakam is good at times. Amazing. Great even. The rest of the time, you're kind of like, yeah. And the OG Ananobi, sure, but I want scuba or nothing. Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Talk about market. Talk about assets. What can you get back if you're Brooklyn? This is the tricky part again with uh, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine. I would feel much better about a Chicago deal if it were December, and maybe that's when it rolls around, but yeah, bit of a tricky one now. Now, there's other... So that sort of feels like the top six, seven for my brain because you've then got other teams like Memphis, Boston, Portland, Philly, Charlotte, uh, that feel a little bit more pie in the sky because they either don't have the assets or market to pull it off or they might just not want to because they like their team enough already, like Memphis... Um, you know, if they don't want to part with Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. and a bevy of draft picks just to get an old-ass KD who might not be happy in Memphis. You know, it's a weird combo. Boston, same vibes. Are you going to give up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, send them down the road just to get old-ass KD to play next to Tatum and Malcolm Brogdon? It feels like a, almost a sideways move, as weird as that sounds. Portland, the... Anthony Simons' deal not being able to be traded for a while sort of hurts here because I feel like if you could send Simons, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant off, uh, cool. You can build something out of that, but not for the moment. The Sixers, the Tobias Harris, Maxi, Matty T, and some draft picks off to Brooklyn. You're just building, you know, the old Nets team on Philly. Daryl Morey would be beside himself. He hates the draft as well. Charlotte. A tricky one is, like, you could basically take your pick of their players. Miles Bridges, though, that really fucking complicates things with his uh, dumb fuckery, assholery, allegedly, of the, uh, you know, domestic abuse. Because if he hadn't been such a dipshit, uh, maybe he's actually an asset. Now he's nothing because he's a fuckhead. So here we are. Charlotte could have, could have sort of built something around Haywood, Miles Bridges, Rosé. Now it's a bit of a stretch. Uh, and Charlotte, I mean, if you're going to go with a new coach, you got Lamelo, well, a new old coach, which is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Lamelo and KD doesn't quite feel like right that. So I think the Phoenix deal is the best one. And if I'm Sean Marks, I'm just like, yeah, shit, yeah. Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton with Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, feasibly. I think that gives us a pretty bloody good chance in the East. Like KD, he is an unstoppable scorer. We all understand that. But what they really lacked in Brooklyn last year was like a defensive back line and any sort of defense <laughs> defense on the perimeter. Bridges and Aiton help that. And if you can get some more stuff, if you want to trade Kyrie, away we go. So I kind of like Phoenix the most. New Orleans probably second. Uh, everything else is a bit of a distance. So I don't know. KD, if I had to guess, what do I reckon happens? I think the Phoenix deal eventually happens. It's just maybe Sean Marks haggling on the amount of draft picks and he's just like, right, fuck it. I need five and three swaps. I literally need to have the option of having your entire draft for this decade, and we're out. Also, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I need Cam Johnson. <laughs> so I don't know.
But when it happens, we'll jump on and do a show about it. So let's uh, take a quick break, be back with some really brief ENRs, and then uh, we'll fuck off for the off-season. Holy shit, it's pretty crazy. Right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Let's do some ENRs. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People. Yeah, do it over at nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just through uh, any of the links on the old socials. Away you go. Get a t-shirt, get a hoodie. As I've said, we're going to clear out that room doing some renos. So it'd be really fucking cool if you bought a t-shirt and helped me clean it out. <laughs> so I don't have to pack it all up. Pack it all back up. Uh, so go do it, nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just any of the links on the socials. Go buy a t-shirt, get a hoodie. Right, let's do some ENRs. Number one, one thing we didn't mention at the top, uh, NBA Board of Governors meetings, etc. Adam Silver fronted the media. We're eradicating the, tack, uh, the take foul, he reckons, with the one free throw and possession of the ball. Once the refs go, that was unsportsmanlike. That was a take foul. Fuck you. You made no attempt on the ball. It's one free throw for the other team, uh, and they keep possession. Is that enough? Yeah, nah. Actually, I kind of don't mind one free throw. So I'm going to go, yeah. It feels like it's enough of a penalty and enough of a deterrent that you will think about it because you're basically just giving them a free point and they get to have another crack. Like, that's a very easy way to a four-point play out of nowhere, right? With a dumb take foul, they hit a three, and you're like, oh, that was pretty fucking stupid. (laughs) Because I feel like the two free throws for a take foul... It's almost a little bit too much, whereas this feels like a softer way of trying to get rid of it. Sure, harsher penalties will probably get rid of it quicker, but this is a good step forward. I wonder if they'll go any further. Uh, The other one was that they brought up the idea of the in-season tournament. Uh, Am I in favor of that? Yeah, nah, of course I am, uh, because more interest in the season during the regular season is better for everybody. What I hate is people go, oh, but this season gets so boring. Nah, well, not if you're doing a daily NBA show and you're in the weeds of it. I fucking love the nuts and guts of the NBA season. It's great fun. I mean, it can get a little bit long, <laughs> but that's also because for three years, none of us have really had much of a fucking break from it. So uh, I'm excited about the prospect of the in-season tournament. I think it could be really, really fun. And uh, I reckon we'll go from there. But the uh, other vibe as well was that we've seen Adam Silver also talk about like the uh, age limit being lowered in the CBA and stuff like that. And they've also got the, uh, with the take foul and the in-season tournament, looks like it's going to be happening, not next season, obviously, but the uh, the year after. So what is that, like 23, 24? And the crazy part was they talked about like a massive, massive sort of revenue. They hit over $10 billion, I believe, which is pretty crazy. So great job by the NBA for making a shit ton of cash. 
And there's also a vibe of uh, Adam Silver's like, yeah, cool. I don't like it when folks want to uh, talk out, uh, talk their way off the team. So it's a bit fucked. So the play-in tournament is here to stay. The in-season tournament looks like it's going to go ahead. Uh, the take foul stuff is happening. NBA is pretty healthy. And away we go. So <laughs> it's not a bad sort of wrap-up from uh, Adam Silver's gear. With all that in mind, does this sort of change the way folks feel about the NBA? Yeah, nah. I mean, I think these little sorts of changes do. So, yeah, I think this sort of engenders a little bit more interest in the middle of a season. I think if the NBA is making a shit ton of money, they should also look at going, right, we need to cut back on the amount of games so we don't have as much load management. Because, look... We need to keep in mind that the fans are like first and foremost like the people who drive your sport, right? You don't have to cater to all their whims because, Jesus, (laughs) we all know there's some nufties out there. But I think load management and like the simple idea of like if you want to buy a ticket to go see a team and like a dude's sitting and you're like, fuck, really? I spent all this money and like I'm watching not as good dudes run around. It sucks. So I think we should be trying to protect that as much and as much as we can. I think they should expand the length of the season, cut the amount of games. That means a little bit more and away we go. And everyone gets a little bit more rest. Yeah, that's what I'd, uh, I'd be happy with. Right. There's sort of big questions then. So to answer what I was asking earlier, does KD get traded? Yeah, nah. Yeah, I think he does. And does Kyrie get traded? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Because look, I think the answer to this is it'd be nice to run Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant out there and see what it looks like. But at the same time, I think if both of them are pissed, KD and Kyrie, there's not a giant amount of track record of coming back from that, right? I've brought up the idea that Kobe was basically Dunskies to either Detroit or Chicago in the mid-thousands. Dr. Jerry Buss was like, nah, sit down, Cobes, let's have a chat. They can talk KD and co off the ledge, but at the same time, you're probably going to cut your losses before the season starts. And as because as the season starts, everybody falls in love with their team. They love the makeup of their team in training camp and stuff like that. So you're going to get less of a return probably in about a month's time. So I don't know. You've got leverage probably until then. And then you've got leverage once the season does start and injuries mount up. And then the contracts that got signed this offseason can be traded again in December. And then you've got the trade deadline. I just think they, unless Sean Marks and Joe Sy sort of really have a massive Michael Rubin-esque party on a boat in the middle of nowhere with Kyrie and KD, when you've already asked out and the vibes are this bad, I'd love for them to stay. I think it'd be great to see how it actually works with Simmons, Kyrie and KD. But at the same time, like, your leverage just gets smaller and smaller and smaller, I think, as this sort of stuff goes. So I think they're both gone. Um, Quick one for this week's show from Brad McKagan. Yeah, nah, CG43 will be a one-man band for Melbourne United after all his teammates keep heading to the NBA. Hopefully Barlow goes around one more year to wave towels for him. Uh, Yeah, nah, well, Jack White, maybe Dully. It's pretty interesting. JLA? Jesus. Maybe. Um... I think JLA comes back. I think Jack White might be gone. I really do. Uh, I would love Dally. Absolutely adore Dally, obviously, to go to Sacramento. That would make my fucking world. 
<laughs> Literally King Deli. And, uh, yeah, Chris Goulding. It was pretty weird, like, watching Chris Goulding do the Boomers uh, broadcast, and he's obviously uh, dealing with his injury. And um, it's one of those, like, nice little reminders. Well, not a nice reminder, but a reminder that, yeah, he should be out there crushing at Summer League and, like, getting picked up by an NBA team because that dude is a fucking gun. But here we are. Injuries suck. All right, last little, yeah, nah. Hey, uh, Jimmy, are the Clippers and Nuggets the most slept-on teams for the title next year? The Clippers and the Nuggets? Clippers and the Nuggets? Yeah, nah, yeah. I'm going to get to uh, that in a second when we have a look at the uh, off-season odds just before we finish this show. So, All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Uh, it's good to see that folks uh, enjoyed the uh, Brooklyn Boomers concept from last week. Dante Exum did sign with uh, Partizan Belgrade, so that sort of sucked. Put a bit of a... Uh, hopefully he's got an NBA out, so I'd go sign Dante. You get jingles after maybe uh, the Bucks need to have a bit of a roster crunch and they wave him. Just convince him. Just a bit of that uh, sweet Joe Cy Alibaba money under the table for the Bucks. Do the same with the Suns to wave Jock Landau. Build the fucking boomers. You go get Dally. You tell the Kings to fuck off. We're going to sign him. Trade Cam Thomas to Dallas for Josh Greeny Green. You send Seth Curry back to Philly for Aussie Matty Teal and uh, Aussie Matty T and Jingles' best mate, George Niang. And then you go, you know, you send KD off to uh, OKC. You get Giddy. I love it. And, uh, yeah, you can have – oh, no, you, what do you get? You get Dyson. How do you get Giddy? I can't remember how I got Giddy. <laughs> but the way we do it. <laughs> Giddy, Patty, Jingles. Oh, yeah, we send Kyrie to OKC for Giddy. And we get Dyson and um, Spindles Ingram off uh, the pals for KD. So you got Giddy, Patty, Jingles, Simo, Bangers. You sign him as well. Dyson Air, Dante, Josh Green, Aussie Matty T, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau. George Niang, who's basically Australian, and off you go. Win the NBA title, then go get the uh, World Cup. Folks thought this was uh, maybe a bit pie in the sky. All I say to that is, you got a dream. <laughs> Outback Takeouts. <laughs> It's Thursday, now back, you know what that means? Oh yeah, two for one blooming onions. That's right, no prick in Australia literally has any fucking clue what these things are. What is it? Some sort of deep fried onion, you fat bastards. Made to look like a flower? I've never fucking heard of that ever. So, two for one, only at Outback. And today's flame grilled take is... Dwayne Wade bought into the Utah Jazz... Just to white ant Donnie Mitchell getting to the Miami Heat. Just whispering in his ear the entire time going, Hey Donnie, you know where you'd be really fucking good, mate? Miami. Go check it out. Only at Outback. To be honest, you got to convince me otherwise at this point that Dwayne Wade signing with Utah, or buying into Utah rather, uh, and then Donnie Mitchell going, Hey, geez, I'd really like to be traded to Miami. A quinky dink? I think not. All right. Uh, very briefly, let's uh, just go straight into the a bit of the uh, game. Well, you know, this is where we usually do game previews and picks. But I just wanted to, before we sort of take a bit of a break, just sort of look at some of where the uh, where are the odds at for next season. And I had a look at the title odds. I've got three favorite ones that I uh, that sort of stuck out to me, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a bit tasty." A couple of other ones that are worth a look. 
Uh, rookie of the Year, Most Improved, MVP, etc. all up. Unfortunately, you can't bet on where KD is going to end up. Not that I could see on my spot. So, Anyway, title odds, my three favorite ones. For the winner of the 2022-2023 NBA season, the Milwaukee Bucks, $6.50. Now, had Chris Middleton not gotten injured, I still think they absolutely fucking steamroll through the Boston Celtics and through the Golden State Warriors and win their back-to-back titles. So... This feels like to me the Bucks basically having, you know, copped the Chris Middleton injury at the worst possible time. They come back. They've got a bolstered supporting cast. I think they, uh, you know, steadily, steadily, steadily kick some ass, take some names throughout the regular season, then win the title. Wouldn't surprise me. And at $6.50, feels pretty good. It's not quite high enough preseason, though, to uh, actually put that much money on, I reckon. Uh, the Clippers are at 8 to 1. They have a lot of NBA players. You might have heard that because they are an NBA franchise. (laughs) But holy shit. So after they sign John Wall, they've got John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi, uh, and Zoobs, as well as Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, Mook Morris, Norm, pal, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, T-Man, Amir Coffey, and it's just... That is a deep fucking team to the point where Ty Luke can mix and match all the way through the uh, the actual regular season, figure out his best eight, nine dudes, and just roll through the playoffs. Like, they're eight to one, though. Again, it's the Clippers. I want a couple of extra dollars on top of that. I want that to be at about 12 to one for me to like go, ooh, that is actually really good value. Eight, it's a bit tricky because there's the Clippers. It's Paul George. Paul George, John Wall. Kawhi, they just need a Ringo and a <laughs> the Los Angeles Beatles. That's what made me stop John Paul George and Wall. It's like ah, anyway, uh, <laughs> just fucking kill myself here. Uh, the Clippers, eight to one. They are a very deep team. If it clicks, if Ty Lue can make it work, just saying, Jesus, that is a uh, that is a tough out. They don't actually have a backup center at the moment. That's why uh, Aaron Banger's Baines would be very, very handy, just saying. Um, and then my third favorite is Denver. 23 to 1. Their lineup feels absolutely fucking loaded. If, and this is the biggest if when it comes to uh, Denver, and obviously the same in the Clippers, but if they're healthy, it just feels like a wildly good team that, when you're staring at them in the playoffs, you're like, oh, shit. We're going to play all these guys? They've got Jam and Jamal Murray coming back. KCP, as their catch-and-shoot three defensive specialist. Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Aaron Air Gordon is your switchable, do-everything power forward. The Joker running the show. you got Bones Highland and Ish Smith coming off the bench. you got Bruce Brown. There's another Swiss Army knife for you. El Jefe Green. You've even still got Austin Rivers on that goddamn uh, roster. And weirdly enough, DeAndre Jordan. I still just don't understand that signing. But for them to be 23 to 1, if Michael Porter Jr. and Jam and Jamal Murray are healthy, holy shit. Look out. Uh, worth another look as well. The Sixers are at 15 to 1. 
Talk about like loading up as well. I mean, Daniel House, PJ Tucker, DeAnthony Melton around James Harden, Embiid. You've still got Matty T. You've still got Tobias. You've still got Maxi. Like, it feels like it's a pretty good roster at the moment. Again, when it comes to the uh, nut crunch time of the playoffs as well, like, it's not a bad top eight. The Celtics, obviously, adding Malcolm Brogdon. They're at 6-1. to one. They're the favorites at the moment. And uh, to me, it's probably a little bit too short. And uh, the same sort of goes for Golden State. But, I mean, if you like them from last year, then obviously uh, it sort of just makes a bit of sense. Uh, but Golden State are 8-1, to one, same as the Clips. Boston, the favorites, is 6-1. to one. But both pretty good teams. Um, and the last one that's worth a bit of a look. I'm just saying, if KD sticks, Kyrie sticks, you've got Ben Simmons, the Nets are 26-1. to one. This is a team. Like last year, like uh, didn't go too badly. Came within a uh, you know, a KD footstep beating the uh, you know, KD toe on the line from beating the Bucks, and this year played a wildly close first round series where they got swept by the Celtics. But that was without basically Kyrie doing shit after Game One, uh, without Simo, and now you've actually got Royce O'Neal who can play a bit of defense. You've actually got a bit of size on the wings now. 26 to 1. It's a bit much. Uh, rookie of the year, Paolo's at 420 to 1. He's probably my favorite easily uh, just because uh, I feel like Chet will probably be overshadowed a little bit by Giddy and SGA. Uh, Jabari Smith, same vibe with by Jalen Green. Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, it's still his team. Keegan Murray might be the smoky there out in Sacramento. He's had a pretty good uh, summer league, but... Paolo, I think, is just going to be a fucking force in nature for that Orlando team who need him to be the number one and let him will be. Uh, most improved, uh, I've already got money on Anthony Edwards. He's a 10 to 1 now. Uh, but Jalen Green, 41 to 1. Now, you know my rules. I hate it. I hate it when second year players or third year players who are like, you know, top draft picks. Win most improved. It's like, yeah, you're expected to, but 41 to 1 for Jalen Green. If he averages 30 a fucking game <laughs> this year, I'm just saying. Yeah. But most improved is always a bit of a crapshoot. Um, Jalen Brunson's not a bad one there as well, 15 to 1, because if he's out there playing next to Donnie Mitchell, with that spotlight on him, just really stepping up and actually taking control of that New York Knickerbockers team, not a bad idea. And uh, lastly, MVP. Three that I like here. Joel Embiid at 650. Not bad. Very much feels like if he has a really good year and stays healthy, the voters will kind of go, oh, shit, the Sixers are good enough. Sweet. It's Embiid's turn. Jokers want a back-to-back. We've seen Embiid come in second twice. Give it to Embiid. Ja Morant, 17-1. to Ooh, that's tasty. And Paul George. Just bear with me for a second. Say the Clippers are good. Say Paul George plays... 65 games. He is at 61 to 1. MVP. Doesn't it feel like Paul George is like one more absolute fuck you season in him at least? 61 to 1. Hmm. Either way, I kind of like him, Pete. All right. That's it. That is it. And that's probably it until, uh, look, Donnie Mitchell gets trailed over the weekend. I'll pop back up on Monday. And uh, if anything big does happen, then I'll just jump up and do a show. But until then, uh, yeah, no regularly scheduled programming for the rest of this offseason. We'll be back 
Uh, old mate is due the second week of September. So, uh, yeah, I'll pop back, you know, with a couple of uh, previews. We'll have some guests on during the offseason as well. Um, you know, get my ass into gear. So there'll be a couple of shows in the offseason. Just keep our heads up. But up until then, we're not going to do our weekly shows because your mate Jimmy needs a bit of a break and I'm going on holiday. So it should be fun. Uh, but I will, as I said, basically jump on when Donnie Mitchell gets traded, KD, Kyrie, anything big happens, you'll hear from me. Trust me. <laughs> Easy. And in the meantime, make sure you're following us on our Twitter, Face the IG. We're all over the socials, you know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Make sure you subscribe to that. We'll be firing that up again soon. World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. Smash some merch on the NBAAustralia.com slash shop. And uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Come on. Hook a brother up. And big thanks always go to From Oslo, the band who are behind the intro and outro song. They rule. And big thanks also to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex, Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all at Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia support Australian bands, so should you. And uh, we'll close out this one with a bit of a, uh, let's do a quick deli review of the new season of Stranger Things. Sound good? You little ripper. All right. All right, we'll speak to you where we speak to you, I guess, you dickheads. Probably be on Monday. Donnie Mitchell will get traded. <laughs> I made this hull balloon. Boom. Watch out. All right, until then, there's NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And, hey, uh, if you're up in uh, Cairns or far north Queensland, come get a beer. I'll be out there next week. All right. Later, Hosen. How the fuck ain't it? It's your mate Deli over here, just swinging boy for my latest pop culture tribute. I tell you what, I spent a bit of time on fucking planes the last week or so because, like, you know, we had the Boomer series and shit where we kicked the fuck out of China and Japan, played my ass off. It was fucking sick ass, man. Then I jumped on a plane, fanged over to Vegas and shit because uh, I was like, oh, guess what? Got a phone call from a couple of NBA teams. They're like, hey, Deli, do you want to come over and work out for us? I'm like, oh, fucking shit, yeah, man. That'd be sick as. So, Jumped on the plane, flew over, watched a shit ton of stuff on the uh, old headset there. It was sick as. Did a bit of a workout and flew home to be with the missus in the squid. And uh, what I did do was load up my fucking iPad with like that Stranger Things from Netflix and shit. Because old mate, the missus, she was like, oh, Dally, while you're gone, bro, I'm going to like completely smash all the Stranger Things. So you better fucking be caught up by the time, I get, by the time you get home. And I'm like, oh, fucking all right. Yeah, sick. And I guess that's the thing when you got like, you know, a million of hours to fill on a flight to and from the US of A, then you get to watch all the Stranger Things. And uh, so I've got to tell you, I could not remember a fucking thing about what had happened before this season. Seriously, I'm like, ah, oh, that's right. There was the upside down. There was some Russians. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then so I watched this one. And I got slowly caught up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fucking great, isn't it? You know, Eleven and Will and Mike and fucking Dusty and Jill. It's good time. So Steve with the good hair, it's fucking great time. So watched all of this one, and look, no spoils enough in, but Jesus. Talk about fucking shitting yourself on the plane, bro. Like, I'm just watching it, feeling good, and then goddamn. It's like, 
hang on. What's going on, bro? Like, I'm fucking scared. This is like horror movie and shit. Also, every episode is like an hour and a bit. What's going on? This isn't telly. These are like eight different movies, bro. Anyway, smash them all. Shit myself a couple of times. You know, you're flying on a plane. Do a bit of a fart. Like, oh, a bit scary. Jump scare. Oh, pfft, oh better go change my dax, bro. Fucking weird upside down shit. Jump scares. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. But either way, got to the end of it. Went, that was fucking awesome. What a great series of tally it was. That season at least. And I loved every second of it. Fucking love him. I fucking I'll tell you what, who do I who I really do love. That fucking pizza delivery guy. He's funny as shit, isn't he? So But yeah, Mike and Will and Eleven. It was just really good to like, you know, hang out and spend some time with him again. So there you go. I reckon I'll give that new Stranger Things uh the new season probably about a twenty two or about about eleven out of ten. Ha, huh? see that cause she's eleven. Awesome one. Yeah, good one, Deli. Nah, that one. Nah, like 24 out of 10 because it's sick ass. So, all right, there you go. All right, I'll be back next time for a bit more uh, pop culture reviews and shit. All right, see you later, fuckers. Deli out.